Washed Up Emo sponsors New Belgium Brewing are celebrating their 30th anniversary as a company. To celebrate, they're releasing Wild Ride Amber IPA, a happy tribute to their iconic fat tire. Even better, New Belgium Brewing are giving away bikes and gear all year. Find out more information by visiting newbelgium.com. Do you ever wonder if your favorite band is emo? Tired of being in the same conversation with friends? Not knowing if you're listening to post-hardcore, screamo, emo revival, emo emo violence, even ska. We're We're here here to to help. help. The Emo Council is here staffed and ready for any question you may have. Hey, Emo Council, just wondering if Green Day was considered an emo band. Thanks. Green Day is not an emo band. Okay. From the creators of Washed Up Emo, isthisbandemo.com offers the definitive answer to the only important question of your day. Hey, is this been emo? Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Mellon from washedupemo.com. Today we welcome Ryan Grisham from Mock Orange. They are back in the news a little bit recently. They announced a 20th anniversary tour for their much-loved Nines and Sixes album. Ryan and I talk about the band's changes, their high-profile producers they've worked with, about little Jay Robbins and Mark Trombino, and how they were a Midwest band but never really toured in the Midwest, and their life in Japan that kept them going. This band should be on your radar, and if they, you haven't had a chance to check them out, please do so. Mock Orange should be your favorite band, and I hope it is after this episode. Finally, we've named the episode The Unknown Blur. You'll figure it out by the end. It's pretty funny and pretty beautiful. Thank you to Ryan for hanging out with Washed Up Emo, and thank you out there to all the Patreon supporters. You make this podcast possible. This is episode 136 of the Washed Up Emo podcast with Ryan Grisham from Mock Orange. out you know like really charged and like all right we're gonna do this you know we're all young and everything and then uh, you know like as the years go by you you figure out that you're not you're not like undefeatable and, and like you can't really do everything you know it, even though you put in a lot of work and stuff but uh so i mean it, it's just we kind of look at it as like, it's like a a never ending project that, that sometime it just, it just sinks for a little while, you know, and it kind of bobs up and down. And then when it, when it comes up a little bit or when somebody has an idea, you know, maybe to do a record or maybe to like just get together and like mess around with some songs or whatever, like that's just what happens. I mean, uh, that's pretty much about it. We, we, you know, we've never, 
uh, especially like uh, the, the the breaking up the band whole band breaking up thing like never really came into question i guess i, I have no idea why <laughs> but you know it just it just really never did and uh and i think it is it is kind of weird that we never really had that talk but because there's definitely been times where you know we uh we thought that that was going to happen but um it just never happened man i i don't know it's it just never did <laughs> i mean that's that's pretty amazing to have that long of a time and be able to sort of pick up where you left off and some bands can't even get one record done before they're they're they fig- they haven't figured out so for you to sort of have this ebb and flow maybe that is the best thing you know it always is i think with relationships to have other things that you're interested in with other people, right? Like if you've got your other buddies that you're super into this, but then you've got your music thing. And I feel like it somehow, like I have a lot of music friends, but then I have friends that I literally will only talk about sports with. Like that is, it's the only, we don't even talk about me. I don't even want to. And it's sort of somehow, (laughs) it sort of somehow levels you out a little bit, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a, it's almost a sort of, I don't want to get corny or anything, but it is kind of like a telepathic sort of like very specific thing with these guys. I mean, you know, I've just, we've known each other our whole lives. So it's, and we've been playing music our whole lives. So it, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, if I had, if I played with three other guys, it wouldn't be, anywhere close i mean it just wouldn't be the same yeah and then when when you were growing up like how did you kind of find out about punk was it a lot of these guys that you would was it through your was it through your band was it through friends how did you get into punk well you know we live in this really tiny town evansville indiana and like uh it's it was kind of out of necessity really uh we we actually had a huge music scene around here i mean not a lot of big known bands came through but the the local scene was like it it was amazing when i was a teenager and uh we would just all everybody was in bands everybody was playing shows and really back then i I think like there wasn't a the distinction between me and zach were actually talking about this the other day that the the distinction between the genres of music or you know the types of music all the bands would just play together it, there wasn't really like you know there was punk and then there was like maybe you know some goth type stuff some cure type stuff and then there would be a band over here that's like kind of a hardcore band and you know and um yeah that's it, it was just we were saturated with it and everybody it seemed like somebody was opening up a club like every other month (laughs) so it was just really weird time but it was uh i mean without that i probably wouldn't have dove in like like i did yeah and then do you remember the first time you heard the word emo uh (laughs) yeah uh don't say it like that ryan (laughs) (laughs) yeah man uh you know like we all know, we know the emo thing. Um, basically, the first time I heard it was, you know, when I heard 
sunny day real estate seven or, you know, for the first time I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and then somebody was like, yeah, man, there's this cool new emo band. And I was like, what's emo? <laughs> what do you, what does that, what does that mean? You know? And, uh, they're like, Oh, it's like emotional music. And I'm like, I mean, and everybody, you know, what's the reply, you know, well, well isn't Everything. all music. Yeah. I mean, literally, I mean, that, that was it. It sounds so cliche, but it's, it's true. I mean, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. And, and then after that, it's like, it seems like everything that was kind of that had a charge with it, or, or if you were excited on stage or you're doing something powerful, it's just, it's emo, you know, I, I don't know. And now it's something totally different, which I have no clue. Because you were sort of tangentially into, you know, you're sort of outside into emo, but you were making music, but you were in a smaller town trying to find out about music and what were some of those things that we were doing was there a record store was it maximum rock and roll like how were was it the touring bands that had distro like how did you start to sort of hear about things that were happening and i'm leading up to sort of you know the nines and sixes record and sort of moving you know being able to sort of uh you know progress that way but early on like how were you sort of like filling yourself with what was going on in punk especially like in the early times, like, I mean, there was, you know, there was nothing like, I mean, so mostly it was, it was going to shows. I mean, uh, if we, you know, if somebody had a car that would make it to Louisville, Kentucky, we would drive to Louisville, Kentucky. And that's really where like the so-called emo scene around us was, was happening here. There, the, the emo, thing wasn't a really a thing nobody even knew about it or even really cared about it it's almost like we were in a little bubble or something um but yeah it exclusively really like just every weekend shows i mean everybody was playing everybody was going to see everybody else and then like i said when we could make it out of town man it was like you know we'd go see like braid or uh you know when i was first introduced to those guys when i first saw him i just i lost my shit i mean i you know it was a whole different thing for me so you know so so then yes then i had a taste of that and then we came back and we're like wait a minute there's this new thing <laughs> you know yeah so and that's then, what happened really i mean i guess what, what 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 were some other bands like obviously i would totally agree the first time seeing braid it was like okay they're on another level They've figured yeah. out what to do. They've like super smart and like the marketing wise, like Bob's like a steel trap with information. Like you just saw it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, you know, and before that there was, you know, like, I mean, man, it's everything. Like we just, we, we all listen to like misfits. So we listen to we anything we could get our possibly get our hands on. I mean, but you know, it was really, it was really that, and, and I don't know if, you know, this this question, or the question you asked, if, if this is going to answer that, but really, like, the Louisville scene, like, changed every single thing. And, and the bands, you know, Braid, Get Up Kids, I mean, just Link, there, uh, there was a band, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of, there was a band called Link, and 
and then Jonah Bark and, mm-hmm. and I know those guys weren't, you know, Louisville guys, but like that's where they came through and it was real close to us. I mean, so, I think, um, I think if, if, if people don't know, I think, you know, Louisville was on the map in hardcore. They might not think about it now, but that was like, you had to play there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a big place, especially for, you know, all of us little, little people around it. Um, it was a hub, you know, for, to be able to see that stuff. Like I said, everybody's broke. <laughs> Nobody has vehicles that are capable of going to Chicago really and back, like, unless you're really lucky, but, uh, so yeah, it was, a, it was a big little place. Think that that moment in time before the internet took hold, it, it sort of put, it put it in an interesting place. Um, the discovery of music because you ha- like, just like you said, you had to go to the show. <laughs> you couldn't just sit oh, at yeah. home. You could not just sit at home and know what was going on. <laughs> no, no, no. And it was a, it, it was almost like a, like a primal urge that you had to like, once you saw anything, if you saw one thing, you're like, Oh my God. Well, if I, if I see this one thing, then how much, how much more is out there? You know what I mean? And so it becomes this like quest, you know, especially being young, you're just like, you know, and the bands before that really like that led up to anything that happened, even going to Louisville. I mean, it was all like dinosaur junior, super chunk, Sebado. We, I mean, we just, we just ate up as much of it as we could. I mean, and it was, I don't know. It was just a really, I missed that time. Not just, the youth part of it, but I miss the, like the, the exploration part of it, like the finding things like, like little diamonds, you know, I always talk about it. I say the unknown. Yeah. The unknown. Exactly. I loved like going somewhere. I didn't know the opening band. Oh, it ended up being, you know, mock orange. Cool. Now I'm obsessed with them. (laughs) And, but now it's like, I'm going to watch videos of you, on YouTube, and I think that's amazing too, because then I can be like, "Well, I didn't have to go see Mock Orange, did I?" You know, right. <laughs> save some time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's but, right. But that's yeah. that. I I I think that that moment in time, and for us to know both, is an interesting position within music discovery. You know, once we had officially made the decision, I guess to be like, "Okay, this is what we're going to do, guys." You know, like we we got on lobster records and and we got you know we got a call from him we thought it was a joke you know and we just got in a van and drove to california (laughs) was like and that was you know that's just it like it's yeah it's and and like they did you know lobster records especially back then they were you know, I don't know really where Steve was coming from, the owner, but like he he did have a decent team, and he did, um, you know, he's like, you guys need posters, and you guys need this, and we got to get you on CMJ, and we got to get you on college radio, and we're like, we're just like four like nineteen or you know twenty year old kids, and we're just like, well, all right, man, like, cool, <laughs> you know, and then when it stuff started happening, it was like wow, this is like, this is really turning into a thing, like for real, 
you know? Yeah. So that was a big turning point then for them to say, we're going to invest in you. And you guys probably felt like it was a kick in the ass. Yeah, man. Like it was, uh, it was the biggest trip of my life. Really. I mean, it's like, that was like, that was the point, you know, there was, there was, uh, a label from California and, you know, they have, there's a band on there that we, you know, back then, you know, we were kind of, we were kind of pop punk kids for a while. Like we were really into the West coast, you know, pop punk thing for, you know, no effects, all that stuff. Um, but, you know, but there was the transition period, like I said, the braid thing. And that was when we were kind of moving into both of those. Mm-hmm. And like, so, you know, there was like the mathy stuff and then there was pop punk stuff. And then there was the so-called emo stuff and all of that stuff. We just kind of were like, yeah, let's, let's see what we can, let's see what we can do with this. You know, we don't want to be a pop punk band. Like let's, you know, let's like do some crazy stuff. Let's see if we can. But uh, yeah, so that's great. I mean, I mean, we got to admit, Lobster Records—that is a horrible label name. Oh yeah, of course. You guys thought it was a joke when they called. Well, we, you know, we sent we we made a CD. Uh, we called it the Green CD, and it was really just like it was our first like attempt at like trying to figure out what we're trying to do, you know? And, um, and we demoed our first record, uh, or we demoed nine and sixes, uh, in Bloomington with our friend Chad Corley. And it was just basically like on a Tascam 388, you know, we just sat up and busted it out. And, uh, we sent that, you know, just out and we sent it to them because, you know, they had Buck Wild, which was, and Sean Dewey, you know, he was in lag wagon. And totally. Like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if man, blah, 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 you know, all the stories. And, uh, one day we're just like hanging outside of my house and then we get a phone call and it's Steve from lobster records. And he's like, Hey, <laughs> you guys are awesome. And we're like, that okay, probably cool. blew your mind. Was, yeah. I mean, at first we were kind of like leery a little, you know, because it was just like, okay, what's, what's the catch? Like what's happening here? You know? Cause we didn't, you know, but after talking and talk, you know, like getting to know him a little bit and having a few conversations, we were just like, holy shit, we're going like, we're, like we're out, you know, mm-hmm. and we were. And then so, so what, for you guys to be like, okay, we got a label. Did, did anybody put something on hold? Like did, did someone have a job that was going to be maybe serious or was everybody still kind of fucking off? Uh, yeah, we're all fucking off. Like, I mean, uh, it's, you know, right now, now it's totally, obviously way different, (laughs) but like back, back then, you know, everybody was skating or basically skating and playing music. I mean, the, the obvious two things you do back then, (laughs) like (laughs) you skateboard and play music or you skateboard or play music, you know, like, so that that was kind of the thing and uh we just kind of did both and then uh yeah and after that man it was just like uh, all right i guess we're going to try to be professional musicians now <laughs> and like you know see what happens with that 
How did it feel with those first? How did it feel with those first few tours? The van tours, the playing the 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 VFW halls. Like, was it as amazing as you thought it was going to (laughs) be? No, not at all. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I don't know what we thought was going to happen, Uh, but after the record came out, um, we did. You know, some of the shows that were set up after, you know, we had had a little touring time and it circulated a little bit, got a little bit of airplay and all that. Like the shows actually became, especially on the West coast, uh, they, they started to become more of a thing. And like, I remember, you know, probably at the peak of it. I mean, we were just like, Holy crap. Like, this is it. We're doing it. You know, like, this is it. Look at all these people. Like they're going off. We're going off. Like everybody's going off. It's like, you know, but at the same time, you know, it was, it's kind of like the West coast, you know, like California is like its own entity Mm -hmm. when it comes to certain things like that. So, and it's really funny because we're from the Midwest and, you know, I don't think we were ever really, um, accepted into the Midwest. Uh, well, we didn't do a lot of touring around the Midwest to, I mean, to be honest, uh, we, we went to the, a lot, you know, we went East coast, West coast, South, and, you know, up in Michigan around there. That's, that's basically like, we, we kind of stayed out of the Midwest, which is a really odd thing, but that we just did. I don't know. That's really funny. You're like the one place that they're like, we could probably get some cred. Let's just avoid. Yeah. What the hell, what the hell is that all about? You know? Way to go, Steve at Lobster Records. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. Busy. I mean, totally. I mean, he's just like, he's like, all right, you guys are going to do this and you guys should do this. And, you know, like, and we're just like, cool, let's do it. You know, let's do it. And I mean, we didn't know any different. Like, Again, it's that young. unknown. It's that unknown. You're just unknown, doing man. it. Yeah. How did you oh, get? Man. How did you get with Mark Mark Trombino? So, like, okay, let's uh, b- b- before we get to that, Lobster Records, ninety eight, nine sixes, CMJ, all these things happening. Like, you felt a little momentum. Like, some people were there. You guys all got together and said, "Okay, let's keep going." Right. I know that happened, but like, was there any, like anyone like, was that like a, was that it? Like, I, I think I, I think I want to go do this or was everybody all in? No, it was like, after that, it was like, all right, next record, you know, cause I, I don't remember exact. I think we, we signed on for two records maybe at at lobster. So we were, you know, we were expected to do a second and, (laughs) you know, really funny thing. Uh, it's like we put out this this record nines and sixes, which you know I don't know where that where it came from. I don't know where the songs came from. I don't know how it happened. I just know that we practiced so much that when we went in the studio to do it, I mean we literally it was literally like one or two takes of each song live. Wow! Like that's how we did that's how we did the record and. We did. We over. We overdubbed vocals on it, uh, um, but like the music part of it, it was just so ingrained in us that we, you know, we didn't have to. We we just showed up and we're like, well, what do you want us to do, you know? And and then 
it was real funny because the guys, you know, Angus, the guys and the, who was recording it and they were just in the room and they're like, you know, we get done with a thing and like, you just see people cracking up and like hands up in the air and stuff like that. Just like, like who the hell are these little punks? You know, like that's what it felt like, you know? Yeah. But, but we weren't, what well, we weren't like, you know, we weren't cocky at all, man. We were like, we were the most, we had no idea what was going on. Like, we were just like, was that good? Do we need to do it again? You know, like, uh, and, but, they, no, yeah, and uh, they were like, uh, yeah, no, we're fine. We're good. <laughs> yeah. They were like, I mean, if you want to do it again, you can, uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but I don't, you know, we go back in there and we'd listen to it and we're like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You know, like, and it was just, it was a pretty, it was probably a little bit hilarious for them. And we were like kind of really naive. So like, you know, we didn't know. We were just like, well, so I guess that's good, right? All right, are we going to sing now? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If there was video of that, I bet you guys would like laugh your ass off watching it. Oh, yeah, of course. Of oh. course. I mean, I, and, and like I said, man, I, in the band, like I'm probably like as far as like specifics and numbers and dates and all that stuff, like a lot of that stuff is really a blur. I know some people are like, they can really go off on it, you know, like really nail down every single, like, you know, our bass player and our drummers, they're, they're just like, Hey, remember that time when we were in uh, Cincinnati in that basement and that guy threw that cigarette and, he, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> were we in the same band? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Were we, was I there? Like, yeah. Yes, Ryan, you played guitar and sang. Oh, well, anyway, yeah. Yeah. all right, I guess yeah. I was. Yep. <laughs> so how did you get with Mark, Mark Trombino then? Uh, Mark Trombino. Um, Joe, he, that, he, he recorded the 2000 release, the record play, um, with you guys, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Um, Joe, our, our guitarist, Joe, he was kind of, not kind of, well, he was the, the nuts and bolts of the band. I mean, he, he was the guy who signed the papers. He was the guy who got, you know, who was moving and shaking and talking to everybody. And he was like kind of in the know, like what was going on musically. And, um, you know, they were big fans of Mark Chambino's drumming, you know, like especially Heath and, um, you know, and, and they were like, dude, all right, guys, we have to have Mark Chambino record this record. Like we, we have to have his name on the record. We got to, you know, do this, we have to do this. And I was kind of like, you know, I, I had heard, you know, it was drive like Jehu, right. That mm -hmm. I, I wasn't a big fan. I mean, I wasn't a list listener of, of that really, but like, you know, Heath was like, he was in love with it, but, uh, and he was like, yeah, we have to. And I was like, okay, well, you know, talk to Steve and see what, what we can do. And, uh, then we, Next thing we knew, we were like in Ojai, California, like sitting there having lunch with Mark Trombino. And I was like, wow. Okay, cool. Wow. And I, I don't know. We didn't, we didn't have any, like, um, we didn't have any material. I, I don't believe that he had, that he was knew what he was coming into because, you know, that second record is completely different from the first record. Yep. 
uh, and it's because of the emo <laughs> like that took over like in our brains and I was like uh man I, I just you know I, I kind of want to do a little bit more I want to try to sing a little bit better I want to focus on lyrics a little bit more I want to you know what I mean yeah like stuff like that and and he and I think he thought we were going to do some more nines and sixes so he was kind of pumped you know but uh but you know all in all really like it came out pretty awesome. I, like we all thought in, in the end, I mean, it, there was a lot, it was a really difficult, uh, recording, um, like studio time because, you know, we were dealing with things that we didn't have any idea about, uh, from nines and sixes. Like, Oh, I didn't know that I needed to have the music low in my headphone and have one pulled off so that I can hit the notes right. I was just like, I was like, turn it up, man, turn it up. You know, keep, like, keep turning it up. You know? And he's like, and, and you know, I'm probably singing like, you know, a half a cent, like sharp or flat on times. And, and man, I'm obsessive about that stuff. So like, I mean, I'm sure I was a pain in his ass, like the whole time. Like, but, you know, I, I was just like, can we fix this? Like, what's Oh my going God. On? He probably, yeah. he's like, you know what guys, it's, it's two 30. I got here at two, but I think, I, th- I think, I think it's a wrap for today. You know? <laughs> just, yeah. He's like, I hate you. <laughs> I don't really know. He was a really nice guy. And like, I'm, you know, I have, he was definitely super cool with us, you know, like, Do you and remember- I knew that he was, do you oh, remember sorry. anything else? Do you remember anything else from that? Like, do you remember, you know, him saying certain things about songs or, or, uh, you know, giving you some advice or because being this, you know, this is a step up. You just did this, you know, nine and sixes records with turn it up, man. And then now it's like, you're with a producer that worked with bands that you've looked up to and, now you kind of have to listen and it's kind of a, you're you're in a different environment right did you feel more pressure did you feel like what he was saying was like i don't know i just feel like it i'm sure it kind of threw you guys for a loop yeah well you know he took on a big production role of the whole thing because you know we were kind of we were still raw you know we we're still like we have these ideas and and uh, he's like he's like all right you know, check this out. And then, you know, if he plays the Jimmy Eat World record before the big one, which I share, I don't know which one it is, but it's the one that like blew him up. Bleed American. Before it came. Yeah. So we're like, we're like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> once we heard that, I was like, ah, well, okay. So how are we going to do that? But, um, you know, basically, I just remember what I remember is is that because I still had a mindset of I had ideas, but I couldn't convey them right because the only like terminology I had was from records that I had heard. Obviously, like uh, I was like, you know, like so I want this. I would really like this to be, you know, my voice to sound like I'm in a a big room with a lot of echo and, you know, kind of like a Pixies record, you know? And, you know, like, 
like Surfer Rosa, you know, he's just like screaming in this, you know, vacant room, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, no, <laughs> you know, like, he's like, no, you don't want that. He's like, I'm going to tell you why. And then he, he does. And, and I was like, oh, okay. All right, well, let's, let's, let's do what you're, you know, let's see what's up. You know, let's see what, uh, <laughs> I wish I had like a video of you guys at every like moment of like, figuring it out and then like the punchline is like you guys at one point being like you know what fuck you you know like we know like because <laughs> you guys are i know man yeah i know and and you know like i don't know if the other guys in the spanish could hear this they're gonna be like god ryan you should have been way cooler but like no this I, is I much say, cooler this is much cooler, dude I no one knows what the fuck was going on no one did yeah yeah nobody did and we thought we thought we were, you know, by that time we thought we were a little bit, you know, cool shit. Like, <laughs> like you know, okay, we're in a re- this is our second record, and we're in California again. And, you know, like guys, we're we on Lobster Records, so everyone needs to just <laughs> back up. Right, right. <laughs> no, yeah. honestly, I'm not. Like, I think that that time period, those that's what was happening. I mean, you guys we're setting yourself up and we were going to talk about the next record too. You did with Jay Robbins. I mean, to do it on your own, figuring it out. That's what everybody does. Jimmy world did the same thing. And then now you have Mark Turbino helping you with the second record in a time when this word's about to be like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. It was, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, man, like, it's it's like something that you can't write like you can't <laughs> you couldn't write the the things that how how we came to be like anything like it's just it's like like you just took it at, straight out of like i don't know some kind of fairy tale land or something that was just like oh and so you did this and then that led to this and then this happened and it was just like yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just had to work. I mean, it's like we weren't scared of, I think the whole thing is you talk about the unknown. I, we weren't scared of the unknown because we didn't know, like, you know, it's like we, the unknown was just normal. It was like every place is unknown, like to us. We show up at a place and we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if we're going to get a flat tire. We don't know if, you know, like somebody's going to get sick. We don't know anything, mm-hmm. you know? So it was just very normal. Yeah. Did it, what, it, it so, felt it, right. Yeah, no, I mean, it is. It, and that's when you, I mean, it, it, that's kind of like with work too. When you're, when you're a little bit scared or you're a little bit out of your element, that's when you sort of get yourself together and progress instead of just doing the same thing every day, nine to five. You're kind of like, you were doing that with the band and I think all bands do that, but especially just the timing of what you guys were up to and when it was just, I think almost it was, it was funny because of where you guys were, were at. Like, was there anything else after the record came out um, that you sort of felt, or were there other things that you kind of saw happening that you didn't expect or you did expect? 
as as far as touring uh, uh response to the record uh press like was there any other things that were sort of popping out like i would say like were there other press outlets that were ta- paying attention to you now because of trombino or because of just that's what the sound was at that like exact moment yeah you know like and this is going to sound really bad but like the record play years uh, or you know years i say years i i don't know it was maybe like one or two years of touring for that record but like you know we like i'm not sure personally how much the trombino name helped i'm sure it helps in in some i mean i'm i'm sure it helped in some respects like it you know recorded by mark trombino like if you know who that is then you're going to give it a listen, you know, because back in, you know, back in the day, you look at the CDs, who is this recorded by? Hmm, oh, wow, cool, you know, or like, what label is this on? Oh, wow, cool. Like, you just give it a spin because you're like, well, they're on, you know, they're on Discord, man. Like, you, you got to mm-hmm. listen to it, you know? So, um, yeah, and I'm sure it had numerous, I mean, I'm sure it was very helpful for us. But like I said, you know, in my personal mind, like all I knew was that we were touring and, you know, I'd get a little snippet here and there from Joe or, and he'd be like, be like, dude, you know, like he would say something about CMJ or record or like, you know, getting on, getting on a show, uh, you know, getting a placement on like some cheesy MTV show or something like that. Or, you know, in, you know, just, a few things like that. And, and that was a whole new thing for us too. And I was just like, wow, you can make money from this too. You know? So like, yeah. Awesome. You know, money is cool. Like, you know, because those, those sinks made, made a huge difference. You said, you know, I was featured on the real world or I was featured on whatever dumb road rules show or whatever thing was on that. It, it actually helped in some regards when, there was a tour or a press thing. I mean, it, it it wasn't, I always, I know it didn't feel slow, but I guess now with how much crap flies at us all day, um, it did feel slow. And, and, and in, and in some respects you felt a little bit more um, grounded to it. When something small like that happened, you could, you could feel the impact or the complete opposite. It was like all this stuff happened. We were on CMJ and then I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on. You know, it's like, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's like, you know, ask anybody uh, that knows me, like, especially the guys in the band, they're just like, yeah, he's just, he was just kind of there. Like, yeah, (laughs) you know, like, and that's how that's that's how a lot of it felt to me. I, I remember a lot of specifics, um, you know, just little things here and there, snippets. But uh, a lot of it was also a, kind of a whirlwind of 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 just going and doing. I mean, you know, you made the record, and then the, like I had a four track cassette four track in the studio, and I'm sitting in the lobby. We didn't have a last song for the record, and I was like sitting there writing the last song for the record while, you know, they were doing their parts and I was, and then they would get done and I'd be like, Hey, come and listen to this. Like, like, what do you think about this? And he'd be like, Oh, that's awesome. And then, 
we then we had like a little practice room. We were like, Steve, we need a practice room, man, because we gotta we gotta record this demo to see if it works for us before we put it on the record. And he was like, Whoa, that's crazy. Okay. Like and we're like, sorry, man. Like it's just the way it is. Like, you know, it's just kinda ha- this we wanna do this and so uh yeah, that was pretty wild. That's Actually, cool. I, I love that. I remembered that. See, that's yeah. see, this is what this podcast does, Ryan. It brings back Yeah. <laughs> brings back the brings memories. Back memories. Uh and then you know, I think too to bring up, you know, working with Jay Robbins after Mark Trombino, um, like like what what is it? Are you, are you guys like pavement, you know, are you on Discord? Like to be able <laughs> to have that back to back, you know, to do the record Mind Is Not Brain with Jay Robbins in, you know, two thousand two. Um that's just I mean, I, I would be I would be pretty uh I mean, were you guys nervous? Were you, were you, uh, you guys were riding high? What, what was the, <laughs> what was the feeling? Do you remember? Well, once again, uh, not, you know, I, I'm, I'm a naive person and like I knew that, you know, I knew I'd heard Jay Robbins. I, you know, everybody's like, Jay Robbins, Jay Robbins, you know, Joe and they're going on, they're going on it, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, cool, you know, like, <laughs> uh, and, uh, but see the thing that the thing that happened I think I wanna kinda of back up just a little bit I guess. Yeah and, and say that like so we did we did uh the blue record uh uh record play and after we did that I started I remember uh very vividly the moment when everything changed for me like musically and again you know it was like another braid uh, it was another braid get up kids moment like where my whole paradigm shifted i guess and it was just like sitting in the back of a van or going somewhere you know sunny day real estate's playing real loud i'm in the very back of the van like and you know i'm he's singing this beautiful like falsetto thing that he does you know and and i just remember like kind of humming it, you know, and, and I was like, I can, I can, I think I can do something like that. Like I could sing, you know, like I started getting to the finer aspects of like, there's more, you know, there's more. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> that's when everything changed, man, because like, you know, people look at mock orange, I think a lot of times, and I've heard this a lot of times, the first two records were mock orange and everything after was a completely different thing. Uh, like a completely different band almost. And, and it's, you know, if you, if you kind of line them all up and listen to a little bit of each one of them, you're like, wow, like that's really different and, and kind of weird. And, I don't know if I like it or I do like it or whatever, but, uh, yeah, we left the emo, whatever that is. Like, I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> like literally. Yeah. I mean, and again, so, I think, and then was that like, Oh, three, Oh, four. When did that? Yeah, I was around a four, which, four, yeah. I, but that makes perfect sense, Ryan. Cause at that time, you know, that word was everywhere. It was starting to, you know, it was just, it was, you know, it wasn't sort of, and it doesn't say it has to stay in the sunny day real estate world, but it, it definitely moved into a thing where, you know, 
the people in high school knew about it or there was a mall that sold something related to it. And that's when it was like, okay, let me do something else. And I think for you guys, that was an interesting time to jump off because it could have been, you guys could have stayed on the train and maybe, you know, rode, rode the wave a little bit, but for you guys to sort of turn and say, we want to do something else was an interesting decision. Yeah, I had I had a really strong. I, I was like, I'm going here. Like, I hope you guys come with me. That, like, that's how I felt about it. I was just like, and, and that sounds terrible, but like, the, in my mind, you know, because we recorded the first EP, and that was the transition between, and and what a lot of people, you know, I don't hear, especially with a, most bands is their transition period of their demos and their like practices and their little snippets and all this stuff that happen in between records. You know, if you have any time between records and you're not touring like, you know, 300 days out of the year all the time, then you have a lot of time to contemplate things and, and, you know, listen to things and work on your musicianship and work on your guitar playing, your songwriting, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, and th- it started out as a joke song. I mean, I literally wrote a joke song on an acoustic guitar, and I four-tracked it, and I, I went over to Joe's house, and I was like, oh, listen to this, you know? <laughs> and he's like, he listened to it, and I didn't get the... I thought he was going to start cracking up, but I, what I got from him was like, wow, man, that's that is totally like that's totally different. Like it's, it, I know it's, it's silly. He's like, but it's different. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm, I'm not, I don't want to do this, but it's like, I want to see where we can take it electric electric. Like, you know, I want to see like how weird we can get with it. And, I think that's uh, really cool. Like, I mean, for you guys to see the promised land, you could not promise land, but you can see the, uh, that this is, if you sound like X, this you have a shot to do X. But for them to turn and say, I want to do this, and it's different, and to have the rest of the band be into it is really cool. And I think, I don't know, maybe you guys would have burnt yourself out if you were trying that, and it wouldn't, felt, it wouldn't have felt uh, right for everybody. Um, and I know that everything happens for a reason, but I just think that's an interesting moment when you almost can see where this this thing is getting popular yeah i mean you know and i I don't even think i mean really you know there's there's business in music there's business decisions and there's creative decisions and you know it's the finding the balance between them uh but sometimes there's just creative decisions without worrying about the repercussions of what that decision is just because, just because I mean, uh, and you know, I, I fully agree. I have agreed several times (laughs) whenever somebody said like, you guys should have changed your name after the record play. And I'm like, well, that, that may be right. It may be wrong. I don't know, but we didn't. So, 
I, I uh, that's interesting. I feel like I think if a band has that name and it's the same dudes and you're making different music, it's like everybody wanting saves the day to just give them, you know, through being cool or, uh, you know, the like uh, stay what you are like. They're not going to keep doing that. They're going to do something different. Another band's going to maybe do. I just feel like you guys are all together. Might as well. You know, it just I think it's fun to ride the roller coaster sometimes with a band and it's fun, like you said, to have Trombino work on one or Jay to work on one and to be able to see what that does and not have an expectation or a thing of like, well, we need to do this. It was it was more you were letting yourself go a little bit. Oh, yeah, completely. And we sent those. I don't I can't exactly remember how we got in contact with Jay Robbins, uh, but I believe, you know, it was the, when we did the first deep. EP demos, he got a hold of those. I, I'm sure Joe sent them or something happened. Um, but he wrote back and he was just like, this is awesome. I, I just remember like when I heard that, I was like, it, it felt like so good. Like, you know, it was like satisfying. Like, oh, wow. Jay Robin said this is so awesome. He wants to record it, you know, like, and so then we, next thing you know, it's like we end up at inner ear studios, which is another like legendary place. We all go in there and pictures are everywhere. Like all the bands, like, you know, and we're just like, I mean, we were there and like, you know, like Ian McKay, like actually came in there for just, I think it was like to drop something off or something, but I mean, I would have crapped my pants. Yeah. You want to talk about like, you know, geek out moment, like uh, just for a second, but, uh, it was just a really, you know, and then mine is not brain the same thing. We, we sent him since we had a relationship with him a little bit from that first record, we recorded the whole record in its entirety in my garage (laughs) and on a four track, I put, you know, I like, we were having like some bands. Um, I don't know what was really going on at the time, but there was a lot of, uh, there was a little bit of uh, weirdness in the band. It was kind of like one of the down, like the under the water times, mm-hmm. you know, like the, so, you know, I was like, I was like, all right, well, fuck you guys. Then basically like I'm, we're doing, I'm going to do this. Like, and then Joe's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this too. And so, we just we just did it. We wrote the record. I played the drums, like played the bass. We switched off bass and like we just did it. And then we brought it to the table and we and everybody was like, "Holy crap." And then we sent it to Jay and he was like, "Yeah, we have to do this like now. Like, you know, like, we're doing this." And, wow. Uh, and that was that was the that was the second one. And to think of like what energy you get from that. Oh yeah, it was a uh, <laughs> man. It was a. Uh, it felt it felt so good because uh, I still didn't know how to express like a lot of things that I wanted because I knew like I didn't know the word lo-fi back then, or like I didn't know the word like like I didn't know terms and especially with recording stuff like you know you get in there and you get all intimidated. You're like oh, there's like a 48 channel board and this huge, you know, all this stuff. And like, but Jay was awesome because, 
you know, he, he wanted to experiment. He, that's all he wanted to do. He just, he was like, what are you thinking about on this? What are you thinking about on this? Like, do you want a tight drum sound? Do you want like a big boomy sound or like, wow, you know, like, and you know, so I learned a whole lot and I could communicate with him like so much better because he was, he, he was truly into it. Like he, he was part of the band actually, you know, like it's what it felt like. Like that was the first time I ever felt that I didn't feel like alien alienated, you know, like in the studio. And you could, so you, it was pretty cool. And you could, you, you, you could trust him if you asked him something. Um, and, and you're right. He was that part of the band because he was so into it. And I think that's the piece sometimes, you know, with, with a producer, you know, you needed to find that connection. If he was wishy-washy or you kind of didn't feel like he was into it, it would have had, you would have felt differently in the studio. And that would have been the music. That would have been how you were with your bandmates. That would have been, it just, it would have affected the whole record. Completely. So I think that's, that was really cool that you were able to pick up on that and then be able to communicate because I think, as you know, you're with relationships with the guys in the band. That's a relationship and the producer. And those are really important things that can't sort of just, uh, well, the music's this and this is what we're going to make and we're going to kind of force it. And I think those things, I think it, you, I think you can hear it if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that too. And I, and I, you know, looking back, I wish I could have communicated even more because I felt like we could have, you know, but that's all, that's everything in life. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, but, but it's just one of those things where you're like, that was a really, that was like a turning point. I mean, I got my, I bought a three, eight Tascam three eighty eight reel to reel, like that when I was there and I was actually like dicking around with that thing whenever we were, Cause I mean, we, we stayed in the, we, we were in the studio for 30 days, I believe Holy in shit. Uh, Maryland. Yeah. So we slept, uh, me and Joe, uh, slept in the studio because basically since, since me and Joe did, you know, we did a lot of like all of this stuff. And then when Heath, Heath came and, and Zach was there and they did their parts and then stayed for a while and then they went back home and then we finished out you know, the, the other, however many weeks, it was like two or three weeks, maybe, uh, we, we just lived there, man. I mean, like, like, and it was, and it literally was like, at points we thought we were going to go crazy. I will I will admit that like all of us, even Jay, like we were like, Oh my gosh, 30 days is so long, you know, like, mm-hmm. but it was a beautiful studio and, I mean, we were just so lucky to be there. But when I got that 388, I started writing other songs, uh, like just moving forward to the next thing that I wanted to do. And I was like, this is a whole new thing. Because it's like, you know, it feels like now I just have complete control and it sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's the next thing, you know. Oh, that's uh, so cool. Yeah. How did it's, it... It's a, how did this stuff come about with um, J- J- Japan being a spot that you guys hit? Like, what was why? Why do you think that was an area that you guys had a little love from? Well, that goes back to Lobster Records, <laughs> and uh, we there was a show in 
uh, Tokyo, and uh, it was no effects, and um, uh, oh my my memory's gonna. Th- there were four bands, and it was like no, like no effects was the big band, and then uh, you know we're all like, and you and guys were playing. Yeah, there was another Fat Records band, and uh, uh, so yeah, we, we played. Uh, and we're, he's like, "You guys want to go to Japan?" We're like, "Yeah, we're gonna we want to go to Japan, of course." Like, but that is insane, you know. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> and uh, so, like, uh, we went to Japan, and like, you, the wildest things. I mean, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't. I, I was not prepared. None of us were prepared for the the insanity that that happened <laughs> there, and just how like culture. Like we were just culture shocked, man. We were just like, oh my god, you know that show was huge, and uh, I mean, just the the taste of that was like for us. It was like, oh my god, we thought we knew something but we don't know anything. So, yeah, that that's how that happened. And then what, what happened at that show was um, there were two guys from this band, and they're called The Band Apart. Um, and they're, they're very hugely successful in Japan. I mean, for years and years, just an indie, indie, like, funk, just, I mean, everything, man. Like, they're just, they just kick my ass, you know? It's like... Um, but, but those guys, and that was like in the AOL days, you know, like, so we're like, we get this email when we get back home, uh, you know, on AOL and it's like, hi, this is Aichi from the band apart. And we saw you guys with no effects and we want to bring you here to have a tour, uh, with our band, the band apart. And we were just like, yeah, right. You know, like somebody's, yeah, someone's fucking with you. Yeah. But through you know through back and forths and you know we finally got some like solid info and stuff and it was just like all right we're doing this man and like we developed i mean they're literally like they are our counterpart and 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 it and i don't know how that worked out but you know the language barrier was there but it didn't matter it was like it was perfect, and we've been there seven times. What? We've been, yeah, we've been to Japan seven times throughout the years, and um, we—I mean, they're like our brothers, uh, and we just—you know—it's—it's it's one of those like bittersweet things, man. It's like they're so far away, you know, and but you know, every single time you go and see them, and and we get to play shows together, it's like nothing really changed, you know. Uh, and and they're it's, it's just awesome. I mean, you know, like they treat us so well and everything, and uh, yeah, that's how that happened. That's amazing. I mean, again, to they randomly saw you, they sent you an email, you talk back and forth, you want to do stuff. You guys have done records together. You know, you've done some splits together. Uh, right. Like those, you know, those things um, lead to other other things. And I think, you know, for you to just say like, you guys, they were, they were us there. And for you to have that connection, I think is really rare. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's really like one of those kind of mind, like, like it kind of messes with your mind a little bit. You know, you're like, how can this be like this? You know, and it's, but it was so natural. Like, there was never a point where we were like, I mean, yeah, sure, the cultures and, and the di- the differences, everything was like, I mean, your senses were just firing, like, you know, all the time. It was just like overload, but like, but just those dudes, you know, like whenever you got one-on-one with, you know, like, like a singer Takeshi, you know, you sit there and talk with him and you actually have like a, a really awesome conversation about some deep things or like, you know, just like interesting things or, and, you know, just them talking about America and what, what's happening there. And like, you know, what we think about, fucking George Bush and shit like that. Like, and we're just like, he's a, like, fuck that dude, you know, like, and, yeah. and they're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> we're like, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, so it's like, it's, it was awesome, you know? I mean, it's, and, uh, it, it, I mean, be able to, I mean, I was just thinking about you guys arriving in Japan and them having a sign, welcome Evansville, Indiana residents, you know, and, but for you oh, guys, much, yeah. you know, but then, but for you guys to just, it wasn't the, this is only the way and for you guys to be open. And I think at that age, of course, music is going to be that great fluid between because you've, you've connected already on music. So you're already in, it's like, you've already, you've already got that thing down and you can kind of move on and talk about things that are deeper. I always joke that if I see a certain band shirt, I'm already friends with them. We're probably already know each other somehow through other mutual friends. And let's like talk about some real stuff. And I think right. that's that really beautiful thing about music that you guys are in completely opposite areas. It's you're super far away. It's already tomorrow there and you're able to connect. And I think the, that music part and for you guys to have that happen um, is, I mean, I just feel like it's this, you know, they're, they're, it's funny when you talk to some bands and they're just like, you know, I think, the most recent one I'm thinking of is like Boy Sets Fire. They're always playing in Germany. Like they're just like absolutely adored in Germany. How cool is that? You get to go to this country, right. play in every godforsaken town in Germany, and there's kids that are going to come out like, hell yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a, a savior for, for bands uh, like, like us. And, and, you know, bands that, of, that, you know, I always had an idea of what making it was or like what success was or what it meant to me or, you know, and basically it just boiled down to, well, I don't want to have a job and I want to play music. I want that to be my job. Like, that's what I want. Um, but, you know, but you can't, you can only do what you can do. And like people either love it or they they kind of like it or they hate it. Like, I mean, it's just, and you just have to be friends with that. Like, but the thing about, you know, overseas, you know, cause we played in Europe too. And, and we played, you know, we were welcomed fully in Germany. It was in Germany and it was really weird. I mean, uh, but you know, like that was mine is not brain time. And it was just like, Holy shit. There are people here. Look, there's more people here to see us play than, at home, you know, and mm-hmm. like, um, and, and there's, and everybody's just so much more grateful and just more like into, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's, 
the overload the overload here is it's it's very real like i mean it's it's just you can see it if you just go overseas one time you can just come back here and be like i get it you know what i mean like i understand or it or it's sort of when you do come back and maybe that one city doesn't care or you'd had an off night or one night was cool one night wasn't it helps you round it out a little bit to be like it's cool like we've got this other country that's into us or this other thing's going to happen. Like, it's almost like you're, you're, you're diversifying your, uh, you know, your punk rock 401k a little bit. You're sort of, you know, branching out and there's kids out there that will come and see you. And you might not think that you're going to have this quintessential, I'm going to tour America and play arenas, but that tour of Germany for you or that tour of Japan, you know got you guys that enough cash to then go do that other thing and i think sometimes that's sort of forgotten about in this world where everything feels so connected when you still need to you know put your boots down and go see them yeah exactly i mean and you know it's like i just saw steve mountainless and the jicks and like in nashville and that's where you know zach's out of nashville our bass player and, and man like, you know, I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, like I'm 40, I'm 40 years old and I'm like, well, I'm 41 years old actually. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I just turned 41. Uh, uh, but yeah, so I went out there and man, it's like when we got there, we got in there, it's all packed. Steve Malcolmus, like, you know, he just got on and I'm, and it just took me right back like to being young, younger, being at a place, seeing somebody that you totally look up to and like everything was just right. You know what I mean? Like, and you're just like, this is what, this is it. Like, this is what you do. Yeah. This is what you should do. You know, like, and that's then, what it's about. Yeah. And then being able in your, you're, you're comfortable because you're in that room and you know that everyone else is thinking that. Oh yeah, and and it's you don't even have to talk to. It. You can just look around the room, and and people look around the room, and they're just like everybody's here. They're, we're all vibing on the same thing, man. And it's and it's this music that's coming off of the stage by this dude that we all love, and it's like, and it's just badass. I mean, like it, you know. There's no, there's not a whole lot of words really for it it's just like a, just an experiential thing i mean yeah i th- i think you're totally right the then that and you feeling that you know you're totally right it just it brought you back um yeah that's really cool um there's a couple of things i wanted to bring up that um working with top shelf in 2016 um which was kind of badass because top shelf uh when i started hearing about the emo revival um, in, you know, 08, uh, 09, 10. And then it really started to pick up a little bit after that. You know, did you, were you guys aware that they were, you know, definitely a label that was sort of, you know, picking off some really great records and obviously like amazing artwork. Like they just, they were kind of doing it right. Um, were you guys aware of them before they reached out? Uh, you know, like again, you know, Joe would be the guy who would have been aware of that. And I'm sure Zach and 
you know, maybe he's, but because they followed music, they follow music a lot, a lot harder than I do these days. Like I'm, I'm kind of like one of those guys. It's like, I like what I like. And if you bring me something that I like, then right on, you know, like, I, I, I have friends but, like you, Ryan. It's cool. I would just say as mock orange, you guys were aware. It might not have been you, but like Joe or, 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 or Zach were, were aware yes, because they, yes. they were kind of up on what's going on. Yes, they were. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Joe, I, Joe every now and then would say something about top shelf and, uh, he'd be like, Oh, that band toes on there. Remember toe? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Japan, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know? And, uh, and yeah, I don't really like, that was a weird one. When I came together, that was another blur. It was just, it was like, there's a lot of blurs if you know if <laughs> that's okay that's you can okay. Catch the drift, you know? yeah man no it's cool but i think you know for them to release that record and to have you know a, a current label that you know they also they worked with braid they worked with jazz june and then for them to kind of respect the history a little bit about the punk movement about what bands they were kind of dealing with i think was a cool giving back Oh it, yeah, it was it was super awesome. Those guys were, I mean, they were super cool when we talked to them. And you know, we <laughs> we had gotten so far out in, in our in in what we were writing. You know, it's like it's like we're recording stuff ourselves and like mix it. We all like we have, there's two studios that we have now, and you know, we me and Zach do a lot of stuff. He's doing a lot of stuff in Nashville, and it's like. Now we just have like this free reign to just go weird, you know what I mean, and and do things that you just be like, hey, let's try this. Put that microphone there, or like go, you know, just do some crazy stuff and like, uh, you know. And then we we hit them up with that, and uh, and they were like, yeah, this is, you know, this is cool. Like this is different. This is. Um, you know, that's that's basically, you know, aside from them just being like, like super duper nice, man. Like when we just hit it off right away, like when we talked on the phone, I was just like, oh yeah, you guys are just like us. That's like, the same thing you know, I felt when I started talking to him. I was like, we would have hung out in the nineties. We would have hung out. Right. Where we just, you would have been next to me at the show. It would have just been, right. and they, they would have been running a label. That's right. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Um, for sure. That's cool. Um, and then, you know, for now, you guys are doing the 20th anniversary for the Nines and Sixes record. Um, was that, was anyone had to twist your arm or it just happened to be that year and off, that's just what it was? Um, are you guys conscious about those anniversaries? Because they they are coming up fast and furious. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, we, you know, the, the, uh, ever since we made that big weird change after the, the record play, you know, like it, it's always been like a yearly, almost not a joke, but like a, like a Heath would always say something or he would like, we'd be at practice and he would play like this real fast thing from nines and sixes part or something. And, and then we would just play a little bit of it and we'd like crack up because we can't play it because like our hands are not doing the right thing. And, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, and then for for years, I was like, I was like the asshole, you know, and I was like, 
I'm never playing that stuff again because, you know, if if we're at a show and I play something off of Mine Is Not Brain and then I go in and I play something off of Nines and Sixes, the first person or, you know, the person people that are there to see us play, like, if they see that, are they going to be like, is this like a joke band or are they like, I mean, what's their sound? You know, it's not cohesive. It's just like, because everything's so different. Like, you know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. I thought I always thought about it like, you know, Super Chunk can play their first, or Dinosaur Jr., whoever, can play their first record and play everything in between and something and stuff off their last record, and you would never be like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's crazy how different it is, because it's, it is a little different, but it's, it still works. And, um, it's just so, in the way that I always thought about our music is is like it's really different <laughs> i mean like between albums like it's it's just like it's like we had some kind of brain disorder or something like we're just like well here's this one okay you expect this one nope okay we're gonna do this one and then we're like we're gonna do this one and it just kept doing that you know and uh it was a really funny joke but anyways the nine and sixes thing uh that just kind of happens and uh recently and we were just joking around about it we're like well i guess 20 years man you know like coming up uh nines and sixes you know nines and sixes 20th anniversary how does that sound you know like yeah or something and i was like "Ah, we you know and then so i i talked to a couple of friends about it and i just you know just kind of sat with it for a little bit and played the record and played along with the record and figured out my parts again because I had no idea what the parts were most mostly and um yeah and then it just came it started coming together man and like out of nowhere it was just like boom like here we go and I was like when what happened like so we're doing this yeah and then it's like oh yeah well we're doing we're going to repress. Oh, we're going to repress. Oh, awesome. You know, yeah, we're going to do hand screen records or record sleeves, you know, like, cause we have a, you know, we have a screen printing company here, um, me and my wife and like, we're like, yeah, we're going to screen our, you know, all this stuff and we're going to do all this stuff and it'll be like extra special and cool. And, you know, so it just turned into a big thing, man. And, That's great. Uh, we're, we're super, now we're like super, we're super amped on it. You know, like it's, it's, uh, it's just one of those things you never know until you, you, you start going, you know, and then it takes a life of its own. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, I know that every, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to be excited for it and I know there's some, you know, dates around it and I think people will be stoked, but I'd, you know, lastly, what, what, what is everybody else up to when you're not, uh, trying to relearn nines and sixes or writing something completely weird for somebody else to try to think that is this, is this mock orange? So what, what are you guys <laughs> doing during, I mean, do you have guys, what are your day jobs? Like, are there things that you guys are, um, uh, is there things that you guys have been, uh, you know, connecting on over, over the years out aside from music? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, he's our drummer. He's a, he owns a uh, construction company um, with his brother, and uh, it's a. Now they're they're extremely busy dudes. 
um, you know, like I said, we have the, the screen printing company and it's just in the last, you know, four years or so, it's really just kind of taken on its own life. And we're like, wow, this is our job. Like we get to, you know, like we have a building in the back of our house and like, that's where our job's at. And it's cool. And, uh, Zach works for, um, the symphony in, uh, Nashville. Uh, he does, he does shows, he does sound and things like that. And, uh, he records bands too. Um, and, um, and Joe, uh, he's a excellent bartender. I like that. And he's been doing, doing that for, for years and years. And he's, I mean, it's, yeah, that's what we do, man. Pretty I, much. I and, love uh, it. And then, uh, I know, I know you said, I actually, I think I'm going to rename this episode, the unknown blur. Cause you were like, everything's a blur and it's been on but that's cool. Like, I love that you've been able to kind of, you know, tap into some of these things. What's been the greatest part of, I think a dream for you guys, you're still together. You're still friends. You're still making music. You're still traveling. And there's people that still want to see you. What's been the greatest part of that dream? The greatest part of of the dream of I don't know, man. It's it, the greatest part of this whole thing is that it te- it, it kind of sh- forces you to to be pre- to be really present with every single step of what's happening even after you know so much so that that's why the unknown blur like i I don't like that's why i feel the blurs because everything went so fast and we were so in it that it's like when it's over it was like a dream or something but it the, the greatest the greatest part is just having like being able to like we saw so much at such a young age we saw you know we've seen we've traveled like we got out of this little crappy town i mean i you know evansville is my home whatever (laughs) but we got out of here man and like we did a lot of stuff and the fact that anybody is listening to us at all or has or you know has come up to us and told us like you know nines and sixes changed my life or, or, you know, anything like that, to hear things like that is like, you just never think you're going to hear things like that. I mean, and when you do, you don't really know how to react. You know, it's kind of like one of those, oh, you caught me off guard there, but thank you so much. But wow, like that's, that's insane, you know? And, and then the, there's a younger generation, like you said, now that's like, they're getting into all of these old bands, kind of like, you know, how we were getting into old bands when we were that age. And, and it just feels, it feels a little bit surreal, but, uh, yeah, I don't, that was a really weird answer, but yeah, it was not at all, Ryan. That was perfect. It was perfect. That's what I mean. That's what I mean about like, you guys are in the moment. And I think there's a lot of bands. I ask that question and they come up with some really answer, but yours was like, it was a blur, but we were in the moment at the time. So we were in, it's almost like you were enjoying it and, it was all happening around you, and when it ended, you're right. It felt like a dream. 
Yeah, and I mean, and when I, and also when I say, uh, you know, like there, there was a lot of scariness about it too, and that's the whole. That was a whole part of it as well. You know, it's just there's there's the the unknown is both fantastic and scary, <laughs> like and. And, but but still, it still made you be like right there, and you had to be right there, especially when you're playing shows. Like, if you're not there, then where are you at, man? I mean, like you're you're playing a show in front of people, and they're there to watch you play and play good. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it kind of it kind of jerks it. It puts you back in that place of if there's five people here, five hundred, five thousand, I'm going to be that same way because you're right. That band. From what if what if you guys took the night off and the band apart? You know, you guys were obviously Japan. I mean, I would have been wired for like a month. But let's say you guys had a down day, day and the band apart saw you and they were like, "Well, that was kind of lame." But you know, for you to kind of, even though you didn't do that on purpose because of that, it's still this sort of if you do that, things will happen. Oh sure, yeah. I mean you. You just ride out. I mean, and of course we, we did have bad days. Like, I mean, everybody has their bad shows just off, just an off day, but like it was never a, we, we understood it. They, they understood so much that like, we didn't even have to talk about it. You know, like I was just like, we get done with our little, our set and I'm like, yeah, man, I was shit, you know? And they're like, Oh man, I mean, you know, whatever. (laughs) It's basically like, you know? we got a show tomorrow. Like, you know, and I'm yeah. like, you're right. We do. So like, let's, you know, let's hang out and, you know, let's, let's eat some crazy Japanese food and like, just, you know, hang out all night, you know? Yeah. And that's what's, again, it goes back. That's you're hanging out all night. You're meeting friends and you're, the music will be there, but the friends, you're going to be buddies with Heath and Joe and Zach, all those guys forever. Yeah. It's the life experience, man. Like I, I just it's it's just like you know, I know it's a, it sounds a little cliche too, but man, like the life experience, you, I'll never. I mean, it's it's the that's the best part of it. It's just been this this wild experience of all of these things that happened to us, and and it's just like I couldn't make it up. Like I mean, it's just so insane that you know i could talk to you for five years about it (laughs) and still not touch on everything that happened you know yeah and then i think that's a good thing to say like if you that is an offshoot of a band like you might be in a band and you might you do only you only do one seven inch or maybe you do two records or whatever the the length is but if you get out of your town and you play the east coast or you go to europe once or you play london or you play or you get to go to japan or you play canada and you've you've added that you're gonna find that later things that you happen during those times are going to help you in decisions with work things or decisions with life because you had life. that. Yes. Life, life, uh, it, it, it makes it, it changes your, it, it shifts your paradigm. I mean, it's, it's completely, it makes you into a different, it opens up things that would never, ever, ever have been there, you know, ever. Like there's bands still playing around here that have never been away from here. And I mean, it's awesome that they're playing and it's, you know, it's, 
but due to whatever their personal reasons are that they can't like it's just like you know some people you just they're just like i gotta get out of here there's that feeling you know yeah i gotta get out here like and i was like not just me we were all like that but you know i was especially like that i was like i don't care i what what we're gonna do but we gotta get out of here man (laughs) and you know we did and you're you're back home and you're still doing it and i think that's really great so that's awesome ryan dude i'm stoked you took a little bit of time i know it was a little bit over the hour but i thought i just really wanted to get that point across because i think it is a cool moment for people to understand about a band's life that it doesn't need to be this one thing it can be many things and you guys have gotten a lot out of this and i think i i I think a lot of listeners are going to take a lot from this well i'm glad man i i I took a lot from it this as well cool (laughs) i'm glad you i'm glad you had me on man did you have fun yeah i really did i really did a lot of stuff came out of my mouth that i that I really didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth, but it just did. Yeah, I'm excited that all of this stuff is happening, actually, how it is happening. I'm, I'm kind of, like, blown away by it. So, you know, hopefully hopefully it just keeps rolling, and we're going to keep doing it. The, the, the unknown blur. The unknown blur, man. The cat is Hello, Washed Up Emo fans. Thank you for listening to this podcast over the last nine plus years. Or if it's your first time, welcome. It has flown by, and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And for this current episode you're about to hear, I do have a favor of you. I have some books out right now called Anthology of Emo, and Volume 2 was released last fall. I really think you'll dig it if you haven't heard of them. It features guests from the podcast, including Jim Atkins from Jimmy World, Chris Conley from Saves the Day, Travis Shettle from Piebald, and John Bunch from Sensefield also reprinted volume one so you can order both check out the diy publishing at anthologyofemo.com